Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, listen, you listening to Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS by some of my Laker teammates and NBA friends. And today we got Ryan Hollins in the house. And I am so glad we had to wake his ass up to get him on, but we got him on. And that's the fun part about it. Uh, welcome, Ryan. How are you, sir? Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm good, Coop. I, I, I'm blessed, man. You, you brought me on, Coop. I thought I, I was, you know, I might have been a couple phone calls away from Kareem and, you know, B. Scott and Magic and then Isaiah and all them boys. But, hey, listen, listen man, I'm blessed uh, to be a part of it, man. Uh, and, Coop, uh, you're one of the good guys in the business. I appreciate you for reaching out to the young fellas in a way that you give back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And the family's doing good. I know COVID has been wild, but it's lightening up a little bit. We hanging in, man. I, I think the kids are adjusting to the online school and everything. And But, I, you know, it's tough because for us, we're already young. I don't mind chilling at home, but it's, it's robbing the kids of a little bit of their youth. But, uh, hey, man, we, we don't, don't hurt you, make you stronger. And hopefully they develop a stronger appreciation for going to school and family and, you know, all the little things. For sure. God is good, man. Um, right off, Ryan, we're going to get right into it. And I got a bone to pick with you uh, because <laughs> you went to Mirror High School in Pasadena. I went to the book. The Mirror High School. The Call Mirror. us the, the Mirror High School. Put you champion behind. Put champion when you say Mirror, put champion in that sentence, man. I'm not going to say that because I went to the Bulldogs, PHS Bulldogs, and we were champions in 1974. So I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I said champions because we got this thing going on. So my first question to you, Ryan, is why? Why the hell you picked Muir? I, you know, keeping it funky with you, my dad was a track legend over at PHS. Denier Hollins, high, high jump, triple, high jump, triple, uh, all the hurdles, and honestly, Coop, I, I live in PHS's district, but I could walk to Mirror. And you know what? You that know, was what it was but for me. We lived in Mirror's district. I really? There, but we were with the PHS, so I feel for you, brother, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So, you know, my mom, I'm not going to say my mom is lazy, but my mom picks her moments. And once <laughs> I told her, I'd say, hey, I'd rather walk to Mirror, you know? And she was like, oh, she went down, got the permit, got all that. And, you know, I was able to walk to school. You know, I wasn't at an Oak Hill or, you know, Westchester with all the big name guys. You know how it is, Coop. So we just made it happen at Mirror High School. We came up short in the playoffs. You know, you never even forget those high school championships, let alone college or games. But uh, it was an experience I'll never forget. But it, it shaped me into who I am. And, and, and Coop, man. My parents didn't bring me to the Michael Cooper camp. We don't know about that. I just had to listen. I was so salty. Like my boys would come back like, how's that Coop camp? Man, defense and Mike came out and I'm like, man, whatever, man, whatever. And people don't know that. Coop was giving back, man. And to this day, people speak about your camp. And it speaks volumes, man, for what you've done in the community. 
Indeed, baby. That's all we did over at PHS. That's why we won championships over there. Coach Turgeon, Danny Davis, Tim Tucker. But you know what? I'm not going to knock Mir from the academic standards because, again, I know that those were held high even over at Mir as well as Blair and some of the other schools. But for basketball, that was just a bad choice. But you know what, Ryan? It doesn't matter where we go to school. It's where we finish up. You you finish your uh, high school, you graduate from Muir, and you wind up uh, uh, going to UCLA. We had an opportunity to go to St. Louis, right? You go to St. Louis, mm-hmm. you, you pulled back from there. How did you end up at UCLA? You know, it's crazy, man. You know, through the recruiting process, you know, the first coach that reached out to me, I was playing at Fair, Fairfax High School, and – I was, I had just got to varsity. I was the high school, you know, the, the, the playoff call up. I was that, and we were in summer league and I, Coop, I swear to God, Coop, I ran up the court one time and I ran back down and coach pulled me out. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> after the game, my coach came over and said, he said, oh man, I've done great. He said, man, I'll be damned. The only one they asked about is you, Ryan Hollins. And I'm sitting on the end of the bench like, who? You know, we had all these dogs, Joe Frazier, Brandon Willis, those were the guys back then. And uh, Coach Lorenzo Romar and Randy Bennett, it's like a running joke. Who saw Ryan Hollins first? And <laughs> the guy who could get me to go out and commit to St. Louis was Lorenzo Romar. Uh, for those who know Lorenzo in the, in the business, one of the greatest individuals we have in college basketball. He, Coach, <laughs> Coach Romar came on a recruiting visit unofficial to see me. And I could walk home. It's me and it's him. I had a recruiting visit. He came to the gym to watch me do my thing. Cool. He wouldn't give me a ride home. This man drove his car alongside of me because it was an NCAA violation. Exactly. If he had a, had a given me a ride home in improper benefit. And it's me and him. And he wouldn't do it. And it was the craziest thing. And then, Coop, he like you, Coop. I said, he said, hey, Ryan. I'm going to run to the store. You mean to grab you something? You know, back in the day, I'm like, man, grab me an orange juice. Man, that's a, you know, I'm, I'm solid. Grab me an orange juice. Dog, he came back talking about, that's the dollar sixty three. Good last shit. Made me pay for that gosh orange juice. So Lorenzo Romar, one of the great guys. And even when I went through tough times and still, if I go through a tough time, I know I can call low up. So guys, Lorenzo Romar is the reason I went to St. Louis. I was supposed to go to Washington. But there's that little school in blue and gold with Lou Alcindor and Reggie Miller and, yeah, and Baron Davis. And so we could go down the list. He knew that was the only school they got in the picture that had an opportunity to get me. Um, so I ended up decommitting from St. Louis. I was supposed to go to Washington. And it was the hardest decision of my life. I had to grow up really quick because I had to go. It was the choice, fellas. The girl who, who was with you from day one, the high school sweetheart. Or the one with the with the fast car and the nice hair and all that and the good looks. And I went with the good looks. But coach understood because he had, sorry guys, he had that UCLA experience himself. And he loves it. Coach Romar is a great guy, man. I was wondering, what did he say to you to even get you to sign a letter of intent at St. Louis? I mean, but Romar is that kind of guy. He keeps it real. He don't play by the rules. He doesn't play out of bounds or anything like that. I I mean, I love Coach Romar. Love kicking his butt. Uh, (laughs) When he got into the pros, we used to play up at the playgrounds and some of the parks around L.A. But um, uh, before we forget this, and I'm not going to forget this, Ryan, your dad, like you said, was a great uh, high jumper. 
you followed in that groundwork behind him. Uh, at that time in, 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 in college, you were what, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, at that time too? You know, it's crazy. I came into college 6'11", and I grew like an inch, inch and a half and hit a true seven feet in college. So I grew wow. a whole nother inch. I was young. I came, all right, I, all right, I came to college at 17. I was uh-huh. a young buck, man. So, so, so how you, you know, get it? I, you went into high jumping in, in college too? I did. So, so check this cool. <laughs> you say you like know, after ba- that's damn good. After basketball season, your senior year, there's nothing else to do. And my homeboy went to the other school, the little puppy dogs with the red and white and all that. And PHS. <laughs> and my boy said on the air like, USC because I went there. Yeah, let's go. Fight <laughs> on, baby. <laughs> and uh, and my boy, no, I'm going back to high school. My boy, he said, I'm I'm high jumping five six. I bet you can't do that. And he kept telling me I couldn't do it. I ain't had nothing to do it. I hit up the track coach. Now keep in mind, Mirror was world renowned in track. My yeah, high school, they were, and you know, after seeing you have nothing to do, so I was like, I'll go out and do that little high jump. I'll smash on you, whatever, right? So I go out, and you know, cool. I, it was the funnest sports experience I've ever had doing track and field because I could do nothing wrong. Everything I did was the icing on the cake, and slowly but surely, I got better and better every time. And the irony is, I lost in CIF in high jump, which was my event. <laughs> And I ended up going to state in a triple jump. I went wow. to the state. I went. I took third in the state in triple jump. And then when I got to UCLA, I high jumped because I was like, all right, why not? It's after basketball season. Nothing going on. It's fun. And it's crazy cool. I only did it that one year. And then, you know, Ben Allen came in. He put it into that. And when I went into the draft, they were like, yeah, he's a high jumper, though. Like, dog, I, I high jumped because it was there. Like, I, it was <laughs> It was nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, Ryan, in 1974, uh, I did the same thing. I, I was high jumping, and I was a little skinny guy back then. And back then, okay, let me ask you this first. I heard cool. Did you do I the Frostberry cool. flop or Western roll? Frostberry flop, backwards. Okay. Well, I was doing flop. My dad used to roll. I, that, I was a roller. So I did the Western roll, and I did, in, in 1974, I was like uh, – third on our team and I didn't even know anything about high jumping so I was just jumping I went out there and jumped Ryan I did six three man six four on a western roll which is hard to do That's hard. you gotta get your whole body over that but uh what what was your what was your triple jump length and then what was your your best high jump height I went um I went 40 48 two in the state to win but triple when jump. I started in triple jump 48 two but when I started Coop, I was jumping like 20, 25 feet in the triple jump, 30 feet. But I got better and better every time because, dude, I used to, I didn't want to land in the pit and get dirty. So I used to land with two feet in the pit. I used to walk out the pit I used to, and I would win. And I would walk out the jump pit. on cement instead of sand. <laughs> I, yeah, I ain't, Coop, I ain't want, you know, I'm too cool. You know, I'm out there with the ladies. You know, I'm, I'm too cool. And then uh, my high <laughs> jump, I got the, I got the 6'6". Six, six. And um, I don't know if y'all got time, but I went to Arcadia Invitational uh-huh. that meet, and I was improving every time. And my coach wrote down, he had belief in me. He said, I'm going to write 6-6 six, six on this paper that you did 6-6. Six, six. And, and I was like, coach, I'm only doing six feet, dog. And when I got to the meet, I've never been to a big-time invitational meet. I don't know what's going on. 
So I guess you're supposed to tell the marksman where you're going to come in or where you're going to start at. And I only jumped six feet at the time. And I see the bar going higher and higher. Then I walk over to the lion man, the little ref. And I'm like, yo, he sees I'm seven feet. I fit the bill. You know, I'm at the thing. And I'm like, hey, when am I going to come in? So he has me come in at 6'6", which I've never done in my life. And the whole crowd is there. It's a nighttime event. It was big time. And I remember going, had all this adrenaline. I got, I got goosebumps right now. Think about it. And I went and I jumped. In the first attempt, boom, I clipped it. But when I missed, the crowd said, ooh. <laughs> or, you know, you attract me. When you see something, like, oh, what the? And I said, ooh. And I went again. And my dad said I was clearing a bar by six inches, but I had a form. You know, a lot of it is yeah, you, have to, have you have to trust and you have to tilt your head back and you're looking in the sky and everything in your head says, I'm about to fall on my head. And you, and then you tilt back forward and you tuck. So I end up on my last jump. I get it. I go for six, eight and I clip six, eight and my coach was going berserk. My coach was absolutely losing it, but it was cool being able to advance. And in college, I finally did seven feet. And then I had a 40, I, I, I did 42.8 or 43.8 in the triple jump. And I'm, I'm going to call, I've been howling for this right now, man. He had an ego trip and he made me do a basketball workout in the middle of the, of the uh, trip, track season. And I never jumped the same. I never jumped the same after. Crazy. Wow. I, you know what, Brian? You said you got goosebumps. I got goosebumps, and I don't get goosebumps for a Mustang. I only get goosebumps for a Bulldog. <laughs> so, you know what? You'll never be able to get away from that rivalry that we've got going. But uh, so you finish that up. You go on to UCLA, have a great college career as a student athlete. What was your greatest achievement at UCLA on or off the court? The NBA season is back. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action at exclusive partner betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to get your 50% bonus. That's 50% extra cash at sign up with code CLNS50. Get insights into all the NBA action across the season, plus all sports professions, collegiate as well as pop culture, and even reality television wagering. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the fun, in-season action at BetOnline. Don't forget to use my special Michael Cooper promo code of CLNS50 to get a 50% sign-up bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline today at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. What was your greatest achievement at UCLA on or off the court? Man, obviously getting my degree, the first one in my immediate family. And, um, you know, it's funny. I came about like a credit away because I had, for people who don't know, I, I, the way my classes went, I needed that very last class and semester to graduate in that fourth year because I missed, I missed some summer school to play U.S. State basketball and stuff like that. And I never forget, man, I had a teacher. Long story short, he was just screwing with me, man. I needed a certain grade to pass. And the dude just kept me doing my paper over again to the point where the tutor was looking at your paper like, dog, this is an A paper, fam. <laughs> like, and I swear I went to him. I said, hey, man, I just wrote him an email. I said, look, man, I'm going to be the first one in my family, the immediate family to graduate. I don't know what you on right now, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're going 
<laughs> I don't even know if I should have. I didn't even know no better. And I wrote this in an email. I said, you're going to make sure I walk across that stage or else, fam. But he knew he was screwed. <laughs> I ended up, you know, he gave me just this, enough, enough of a grade to pass. So he held par. He didn't give me an A or B. He gave me enough to pass. He made me do that paper over like nine or ten times. But I passed. And I would say on the basketball court, um, our, our victory against Gonzaga because uh, Coop, I don't know if you've ever had any games like this, maybe in your Laker days or maybe their son in college, but I, I had the opportunity. I felt like that game defined my life. We were down 17. We're against the wall. And I just really are, you know, I didn't have any quitting me and our guys just quit and we stuck to the game plan and we never frayed off. And even when we were coming back, that game, you know, wasn't easy. I think the the other day or yesterday or whatever was the anniversary of the game. It's kind of crazy they bring it up. Um, but being a part of that history, and just the mindset. And I remember just the shock of the crowd and walking around afterwards. It was like, it was, it was the craziest feeling I've ever had in my life. It was just like, it was just a bunch of alphas running around the gym. We were paced. The other game they didn't want to start. We were pacing around the gym. We were pacing around the gym, just, just mugging the crowd, going crazy. And it's one of the wildest experiences I ever had in my life. And one of the things they, they don't always give me credit for, I actually got a Dove commercial for it. They gave me like $100. They think I was still an NCAA athlete, Coop, and they ran it 5 billion times. They said, uh, you know, I went to go to make sure I told Adam Morrison and people get on Adam for crying. And I said, listen, Adam, that very easily could have been me on the other side. You got nothing to hang your hat on. You're going to have a long NBA career. Unfortunately, he didn't end up getting injured. But I gave him nothing but love and respect because, you know, the way the ball bounces, you know this, Coop and Ari. It, it, that's a win or loss game in a championship or competitive type game. The, the, the margin of victory is so slim, guys. And you, and you, and Coop knows that even more than me with the successes that he's had. Wow, what a yeah, story. It, is, it is crazy. And we see that so much now with the NCAA tournament, you know, I mean, like it's, the margins are so slim and yet the further away you get, the wider it becomes. And it's like, it's just a, a thing here or there. A main free throw, a missed box right. Yeah. A missed call, that, a made call. I mean, it's just crazy. So take me through, because that year you guys lose in the title game to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Take me through that, the elation of those games, the Gonzaga win, Adam Morrison, and then, you know, getting to the Final Four, and just take me through that that whole experience. Uh, guys, I, I gave my mind, body, and soul to the game of basketball, and I was, the I think, the first time I ever did that. And it was it, it was weird. I pulled my groin in warm-ups, and Coop, you know how embarrassing that is, and I had to sit out my senior year a couple games and watch – for real, like I to to, imagine I got to go to coach and I'm like, coach, I can't play. He like, well, what the heck are you? He like, for one, what the heck are you doing in here? There's, there's 20 on the clock. And for two, what happened? And I said, I pulled my groin. He said, you're screwing around. Oh, he gave me the blues for it. Um, but I got to sit back and reflect and watch. And when I came back to the game of basketball, you know, I gave my mind, body, uh, like I said, my, my mind, body and soul to the game. And um, it, I, I cherished it. You know, every rebound, every box out, every minute I got, if it was five minutes, coach got the best five minutes he could ever get out of me. Um, and that ended up taking me all the way to the championship game where we lost Florida. And when we played Florida, they were free. If you were if you were a robot, we could box you up. Cool. We're going to W. We got the game plan. They were free. They just played basketball. They moved it. They ran. They had six or seven pros on the team. They shot the hell out of the ball. You know, if you couldn't shoot, we were going to run all over you because we just going to lead it, you know, the, the non-shooter. Um, and Noah Horford and those guys, you see the successes that they had in college and in the league. But when I – man, that one stung. That one stung because, Coop, 
I don't know about your school, but my school don't recognize second places in the <laughs> second place in the championship. <laughs> hey, no, hey, all right, all right. There is no remem- memory of 2006. They just go three straight Final Fours, but like, dog, we made the final game. <laughs> there's no like Shriner. There, we don't even have a, a you know a little pendant in Polly. You know the little and Coop. You know the league championship banners. Being no, we ain't got none of that. We won league. We have the most wins in UCLA history. 2006. Look it up. We got the most because the uh, Jabbar and those guys they didn't play as many games. The people don't know that. <laughs> Crazy. We Crazy. have Brian Hollis on the show who's taking low blows to Coop about my alma mater. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any championships. Of course, he went to one of the greatest college programs you could ever go to with multiple, multiple championships. You're yeah, they're hanging batters at New Mexico. Food. They're hanging Pardon batters. Me? They're hanging batters at the pit in New Mexico if you guys make it the final game. Well, I'll say this. Our our arena is better than yours. It's called the pit. And it has a ra- really cool name, the pit. And it looked like that. But um, uh, you listen to uh, Ryan Hollis here. He's telling us about some things. Showtime with Coop. Uh, insightful BS, and he's sharing his BS with us today. So, uh, Ryan, you uh, we're at the point now of the show where I have Coop's lightning round. I'm going to give you five names, and you tell me a little bit about those those people, okay? 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 This is a vocal verbal program. You have to say yes. I'm in. My man, Coop. I'm in, Coop. Yes, sir. It's Coop is okay. old school, baby. Coop is old school. Coop, I could have played for you, dog. You would love me. I'd have dove over the floors and locked up. We're going to test your UCLA history. Lorenzo Romar, you've already talked about him. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, he was an assistant coach at UCLA. Um, he's now the head coach over at Pepperdine. Um, like I said, one of the funniest jokes about uh, Romar, if you ever played for him or if you're around him, you know, he don't cuss. So he'll let you have it in practice with the – that was a despicable performance. Like, you know, he'll let you, he'll lay into you. You know, real smooth um, and honestly, one of the greater individuals we have in the game, uh, really underrated for what he did. And um, if he had a got the kid over because he had a deal at Washington, if he had a got the kid, um, Michael Porter, if he got if he no, no really. <laughs> if he had got Michael Porter because he had that locked up, Washington would have been a whole different story. I'm still salty about Washington. Let him go, but uh, he he's sitting on the beach at Pepperdine, baby. I mean, come on, man. Who 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 can, who can fault that? And he showed me a clip of him dumping dunking on James Edwards in his time in the league. You know, y'all y'all hold on to the little VHS. Hey, young fella, I can get out now. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, Kiki Vanderway. Kiki Vandeway was, uh, I, I believe, during my time, uh, UCLA great. Um, he was working as the commissioner, so we would have to over, like, the calls and everything. So that if you had a flagrant attack, you know, Kiki, hey, Ryan, what was that dust up with you and Dwight Howard the other You know, and you'd have to explain to Kiki uh, what went on, but a dynamic power forward in the league. Uh, I think he had a, did an excellent job over in Denver working in, it, in their head office done some broadcast work to Kiki's. Uh, Kiki's one of the good guys we have in the league, and I appreciate uh, his impact on my career. Henry Bibby. Coach Bibby. Bibby's a Bruin. Stepped over and was a head coach at UCLA, and people don't know you had to, you had to qualify to make the Pac-10 tournament. They only took so many teams. And one year, Ben Highland's first or second year, we were, we were close to losing. And you, 
USC had UCLA State in their hands. And one of the classiest things Henry Bibby did, and by the way, I was supposed to be, I, I tell you another thing. Henry Bibby called Ben Hallen and said, we're going to take care of business and make sure you guys get in the tournament. And I'll be forever grateful for him to do that. We, we didn't uh, make the noise that we should have uh, that year. And Henry Bibby came to my house on a recruiting visit. He, he came to my house on a recruiting visit, and he looked, me, he looked me square in my face with my father. And he said, look, we want you to gray shirt. So gray shirt means you just take a year off. You, you, you don't know schools, no credit. Then we want you to go JUCO. You're going to play a year at JUCO. And you're going to go there and develop. And then after you go JUCO, we're going to take you to USC. And when you come to USC, you're going to red shirt. So I'm going to have you, Ryan Hollins, as a as a uh, as a you know 21, 20 year old uh, <laughs> freshman. And my dad took, and then, you know, maybe he had his whole deal. He'd take out his Polaroid. He'd take pictures with you on a recruiting visit. And he'd do the whole deal. And he'd go, wow. And my dad was all pumped up. Because like he's acting like he's excited to see you, not you excited to see him. And I said, man, I ain't doing that crap. And we played him. I got minutes my freshman. I gave them boys a double-double and popped my collar. On him <laughs> I love him, but I'm a competitor. But I, I appreciate him. He's one of the greats uh, that we've had in the game. And I remember his time over in Philadelphia, he'd always come over and apologize. Ryan, I messed up. <laughs> Boy, the uh, illegality pipeline at UCLA runs deep and long, and I didn't know, <laughs> didn't Ryan, know that. But Henry's up. a great guy, though. Henry's a Excellent great guy. guy man. Coach uh, One of the greatest of all time, Green Abdul-Jabbar. Or back then, Lou Alcindor. I never got to see Kareem on campus. That's one of the things, one of the things that hurt me. Because I want to ask him a million questions, Coop. I just, I just wanted to see the way he walked and talked and moved. Um, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to study history, especially while playing. And with, with Kareem, the first time I saw him, I was at RTP, Rookie Transition Camp, and he came to speak to us. And I just walked up to him. I, I, said, uh, I said, thank you, man. I said, thank you for what you did. If you didn't make the sacrifices that you made at that time, I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had for the game of basketball at UCLA. I want to be you. You know, I used to, I used to work on the sky hook and practice scoop in my mind. I was shooting the sky. It didn't come out the same. And I was shooting the sky hook, you know, because everyone saw, oh, he's, he's seven feet. He's at, just shoot the sky. All y'all old school, just shoot the sky hook, you know, fella. That, that, that's all you need in your game. Kareem was seven three with touch it. Kareem could have shot the sky hook from three point line, Cooper. You can tell that tell that to me better than I could. But shout out Kareem, and he was and he he looked at me and said, "Why, Ryan? I, I'm I'm nobody. I've done nothing." But uh, Kareem is he is the best. He is the best, guys. Seriously, the greatest ever. I take LeBron. That's the talk for another day. Coop, I Coop, hold back, chill, Coop. But yeah, when, if anyone says Kareem, go ahead. <laughs> if anyone says Kareem, I have zero problems because the numbers don't lie. Okay. I have no problems with that and his impact on the game. And if we want to talk college, which you know those guys can't, we they can't touch his career. You got rules, mate. I have no problem with anybody said that Kareem is the great. And, and if he had played in this era, Kareem, Kareem could be Giannis. He could be on the wing. He could have shot three. He could. There's nothing Kareem. Mm could not do on the basketball floor. He would have been unguardable. And I think he only gets docked uh, 
because of the way that the game has changed and the ball wasn't always necessarily in his hands as an impact maker, but I, he could have been a guy that he could have Kareem with his, people forget. They just think he's a big, he was so, he was faster than the guards. He, he's, <laughs> we will we'll never see another Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And there are stories of, of he's, I mean, legends that just circulate through the league on the stuff he would do. Uh, last but not least, one of the greatest coaches that ever coached this game, but especially at UCLA, Coach John Wooden. Coop, I don't know if you remember this. And Ari, I used to have long braids. I used to have long braids, long hair. I run, long braids, you ready, right? And uh, it was like my deal. You know, everybody has their moments. And I remember I, I cut my braids and I was coming off of uh, a knee surgery, knee scope. And I was scared to death for a knee scope, Coop. You know, it could have been so I was scared to death, man. I ain't never been put to sleep in my life, not even at the dentist, you know? And um, I remember I was coming back. And it takes you after surgery, it takes you a couple months. You know, we didn't have the technology kids had. It takes you a month to a year to kind of get back to just being you. And um, Coach Wooden used to sit behind our benches at the game. He was so observant. He knew everything. He knew everybody. He'd look at the person that you are, the way you walk, the way you talk, that you move. And, um, you know, in college, you go through it, man. These kids go through it. And they don't always talk about – we don't express ourselves, especially – I know your generation sure as heck didn't express themselves. Our generation didn't do that either, Coop. And uh, Coach Wooden, he saw me. It was in the student rec center. He was there. And he said, son, I bet you feel like Samson, don't you, without your hair? And I cut my hair. He said, I bet you feel like Samson. And he darn near brought me to tears, man. But even more so, that Coach Wooden paid attention to you. And he knew and he saw he ain't say nothing like how's the jump hook? How you getting along with coach? I think he'd be better at the high post and the, it, none of that. He paid attention to me as a man and he knew how I felt. He, and I said, I say he almost brought me to tears, but that's the type of man that Coach Wooden was. And another thing that sticks out real quick at Coach Wooden's funeral, they grabbed the, the, the pastor, did such an excellent job speaking. He said, Hey, man, if you have something signed by Coach Wooden, ever from a young kid to now and it's in your house or something or he took the sign to sign it for you raise their hand cool the whole arena raised their hand and said they had sons tied for them wow. so you talk about an individual forget basketball forget basketball coach wooden is one of the greatest men i've ever known ever seriously and we we miss him dearly and i you know and i love that his impact on the game still spreads and I hope that it, it gets into the hearts of these coaches because it's about these young men, and we don't always see that now. Do a lot of the former athletes still live by the pyramid of success at UCLA? I don't think it's taught the right way. You know, we get hit with the quick, go, go fast, but don't hurry. You know, tie your shoelaces up. You know, Lavin had the whole deal, tie your shoelaces up, no facial hair, all that. I don't think it gets taught. Like, why? I'm making you into a young man. So yeah. I think we get it, we hear it, but we don't always understand the impact of it and what it ultimately means. But <sighs> Coach Wooden, dog, <laughs> he was that dude. He was that dude. And like I said, nothing to do with basketball. You know, nothing to do with basketball. And some may say they want to smear UCLA that, oh, we had boosters at the time and we paid for those players and all that. You still got to make it work, dog. You still got to make it work. And he made it He made it work. And, um, you know, like I said, we don't even talk basketball. But, you know, the success that those teams have had, are, they're, they're unparalleled. 
You're listening to Ryan Hollis on Showtime with Coop, Insightful BS. And Ryan, a couple more questions and we're going to let you go. I know you're a busy young man. Uh, I have to talk about one of my sponsors and one of my sponsors is called Blue Chew. If you could benefit Blue Chew, if you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easiest way to enhance your performance. Right now, we got a special for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code SHOWTIME. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code SHOWTIME for a free sample. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper choice. And we think we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you can help this podcast stay possible. So please be sure to promo code Showtime at BlueChew.com. Now, Ryan, I'm a senior citizen, and uh, I'm six. I'll be Stop 65 it, next month. And there are times when I need that extra little helper in the bedroom. Uh, I know for you, I see your family photo on that, that you don't need that. But you know what? You got to keep that in the back of your mind because Blue Chew is better than Viagra and Cialis. And uh, think about it, okay? Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I appreciate you. Come on, I appreciate you. Baby, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any younger, okay? It's really good. And we'll get you a sample somewhere down the line. So listen, Ryan, you finished your career. You drafted second round, 50th overall pick by the Charlotte Bobcats at that time, which are now the Charlotte Hornets. What were your expectations going into the NBA? I, I was so turned up at that time, Coop. I was, I was just ready to go. I was working out with uh, Darrico Hines, UCLA, uh, great. And, he you know, he's been able to work out. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, going into his championship season. Remember when he hit the dag over LeBron? We're not going to talk about that because um, I'm a LeBron guy. Uh, Montrez, the year he got sixth man of the year. And that, that, so Rico was the mastermind behind a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys. And he just had a battery in my back, man. Cool. I was trying to dunk everything. If I if I was to step inside the free throw line, I was trying to dunk it. And people don't know, man, when I went to Charlotte, it was my first experience of my life away from away from home. I went to U- from John Muir straight to UCLA. And um Charlotte was just a rich city with tradition. Uh you know, we were really old school this time. We had my coach was Bernie Bickerstaff. So I had Bernie and JB, who's the head coach of the Cavs, on that staff at the time, a coach outlaw and just a, a squad, a good group of people. But you know, it was it was an old school, you know, Bernie coming, hey son, why ain't you dunk the basketball? Do what you do. Don't take no darn jumpers. You know, it was old school, but it was a it was an amazing experience that really shaped my NBA uh, career at the time. And, and the, the people out in Charlotte were just amazing. The people didn't know, man, I used to work so hard. It was literally to the gym and to the hotel room. And that's all I did. And I get there early, stay late. And I would work so hard. Cool. I, I would, you know, I didn't know nothing about nutrition. I would just run myself into the dirt, into the ground and then just sleep. Go, I'll be sleep at 5 PM. I work so hard. And then, and then wake up in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know, bright okay. and early, and then get up at 5 a.m. Uh, to go get in the gym, man. But that experience really shaped me. And, you know, cool. I was one of the last people or, or players that, you know, like a rookie meant you were a rookie. Like, you got treated like a rookie. I, cool. I didn't yeah. see my jersey until halfway through the season. Swear to God. I just, the first time I saw my jersey, I lit up like a like a, like a Christmas tree, man. The first time I saw it, because I never saw my jersey, that's what Bernie was on. You know, he was old school. You had to earn that. 
And um, I, I was so excited and ready. You know, these young fellas get in and, and play heavy, and they don't understand what the league is necessarily about. And they fall off a little bit, and they out the league that fast. So um, I, I like to just thank Bernie for the way he shaped my life and my career in those moments, uh, and, and JB and those guys. And that was a, a, an amazing experience, man. And it's a big reason Brevin Knight, Odella Harrington, those guys, why Derek Anderson, why I played, Melvin Eli, why I played 10 years in the association. It wasn't, it wasn't glamorous, Coop. I, got, I had to go through the mud to get it. Well, you know what? At least your rookie initiation was better than mine because you just didn't get a jersey. I got a jersey, but I had to go pick up Kareem's uh, laundry, Adrian Dantley's <laughs> laundry. <laughs> Uh, Ron Boone's laundry, and I had to take it to him. And then they wanted it specifically delivered at 5 a.m. in the morning. So I had to go get it and put it, have it, hang it on their doorknob outside. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like you say, you had to earn your keep. Uh, Ryan, real quick, you play for a lot of teams, and I don't knock anybody's career because you play, if you, in the league to me, if you play five years in the NBA, you're doing something to stay there. Oh man! And I heard my son and his friends talking about this the other day. Oh, I don't want to be a journeyman. I don't want to do this. I want to do, I want to get, you know, and I'm one of the fortunate ones that got a a team and I was able to stay with that team for my whole 12 years. What would you tell young people about being a journeyman in the NBA? It's the the lay of the law in the business. At some point, if you're not a part of that core franchise or future, you're going to move on. And even if you are a core part, you know, they'll they'll move you anytime for a bigger name. You know, th- that list of untouchables is very rare. It, Kobe Bryant was Lou Aldang away from being a Chicago Bull. They went budge on Lou Aldang. People forget about that story. So uh, you can absolutely uh, be moved. And the reality of the matter is, I probably could have stayed in Charlotte for a, a couple of years, but I never got, I never would have got paid. I never would have been appreciated. So when I, I asked for a trade to go to Dallas, and they, they sent me to Dallas, and I was so blessed for that. But when I got moved, Dallas was like, oh, we, we, we don't – we have damn pure and dirt. We don't have no – I stuck out like a sore thumb. So one man's trash is another man's treasure, and that's how you get paid in the league. So there are moments where you do have to go and move on. And the league now is all about movement, and we can thank LeBron James for that. We can go – we can talk – a whole have a whole other, other pot on that. But um, you're going to have to move around and it's rare that you see a role player like the Nick Collison's of my generation that just stayed with his team for the entire time but you'll lose out on a lot of money because another team will have a void at your position and then you're praying they don't draft over you which they're gonna do <laughs> unless you LeBron they ain't drafting no no point centers point forwards you know on those teams they're drafting shooters around him unless you LeBron or, or KD or, or some of these guys it's not gonna happen yeah. What, uh, uh, what do you think of the state of the NBA today, Ryan? I think the NBA is in a good place. Um, I think we're starting to see a transition coop where a big man gets back into the game, yeah. but it's not taboo anymore for a big man to shoot threes. And I understand the mindset because we had greats like Kareem and Shaq and Ewing and, and Hakeem and those guys. So it's like, get on the block. It's unstoppable. And now we're starting to understand the dribble drive is unstoppable, but we're going to have to, we're going to evolve into well-rounded players where you can post, you can shoot, you can drive, you can pass. And that's what the league is going to have to see. We see guys like uh, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, uh, you know, LeBron James is six, eight, you know, however you want to characterize him, Anthony Davis. So the stars in the league, the big man, I believe is starting to uh, emerge again in Utah, at least, you know, for the time being, you know, we don't want to date this, but 
you know, they were the best team in the NBA for a majority of the season. And that's, that's a too big system. You know, that's really unheard of. So the skill set is going to change the NBA. And you know what? The only reason that makes Gobert uh, legitimate in that offense is because he's a high rebounder. If you can't Absolutely. do anything, and especially as a big guy in today's game, if you can't hit a 17 three-point shot, you're almost useless out there on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I don't even believe in that. You got to have something in the paint. And you see, you know, teams like the Lakers currently trying to get a shot blocker. Oh, we messed up. Dwight Howard was really good for us, you know, and, and the, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, looking to, uh, you know, carve out their roster. And now those guys are going to have to compete where, you know, last year Dwight just fell into the, to their lap, you know, during the championship run and they didn't really know what they had. So, you know, I see the league shaping that, but you have to have a shot blocker rebounder on your team and active big, uh, to, to be able to be good, you know, even JaVale, like, golly, we, we'd have been good with JaVale, you know, but you don't, you don't appreciate those guys until you don't have them and you getting pounded on the glass and you can't stop these guys from getting downhill on you. And Ryan, you know what? I, I said that at the beginning, when I heard that they were letting JaVale and Dwight Howard go, that was the difference between that made the Lakers an average team and a team that's unbeatable. You had A.D., JaVale McGee, and, and uh, Howard that were blocking shots. And you know what? When I, when I heard they were letting them guys go for Gasol and Harold, the, the guys aren't shot blockers, you know, let alone they're just barely 50% offensive player. Harold a little bit better than Gasol. But that's their problem now, and they're starting to feel that pain. Completely, completely agree, Coach. Completely agree. Well, Ari, anything? No, I mean, Ryan, I appreciate you you jumping on. It's, um, I mean, I'm, you know, I, we worked together at ESPN briefly for a short period of time when you were getting started this thing. So it's just cool to watch you turn into a media star, man. Hey, man, people, people don't know, cool. This, this is my teammate, man. We got to cover the NBA finals, and it was one of our first runs, and we we're on radio probably at 4 a.m. in the morning, man. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah. me and Ari. You, you talk about two people happier than to just be doing radio and having an opportunity. We were so excited, man. So, you know, our, you know, I always try to check in with you. And, uh, Coop, you know how amazing this guy is right here. You got a real gem. And as soon as he hit me, I said, man, you tell me, you tell me when and where, man. This guy is, uh, this guy is special, man. I, I love what you do, Ari. Right. You know that. And, uh, and I always remember that time we were on the radio, man. We, we were Cool. We were so excited. You couldn't tell us we went on at 4 a.m. You couldn't tell us any different, Cool. I swear to God. It was, man, we come, we came out blazing, man. Are you night out, man? The only two issues I have with him is, one, he's affiliated with a guy in Boston that loves the Celtics, so I don't like that part of him. And second, he lives in Dallas because he talks highly of the Mavs or the Spurs, which I don't like about that. But you know what? I love him as a person. He's one of the best. He keeps me on my toes. Ryan, we want to thank you, man, for coming on. Appreciate that. I'm going to have you on again, man. I like you. I like your spirit and your energy and your oh, knowledge the of the game. And uh, you do have a little BS in you. Hey, I, I, I appreciate you. Coop, I appreciate you. You know, from Pasadena, I'm a little crazy. You know, we're a little crazy. But anytime, Coop, you know, you know I don't forget now. So you said it. I'm going to be expecting to be back on, Coop. And we, we, we'll rock and before out, I man. let you go, the big three look like we coming back. Ryan was a big-time player in there. We're going to have a whole new system. I heard that it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, but you know what? Hey, um, I'm going to keep my eye open for you. No, no. You're drafting me or you're picking me up at free agency, Coop. Don't I don't forget that. I'm like, no. Like, yo, like, this is happening, dog. Like, like Coop, I'm on. <laughs> 
Ryan, I'll draft you if you can promise me and guarantee me right now that Three's company will win a championship. Guarantee it. We're going to win the chip. Guarantee it. High Boom, IQ, man. good players. We're going to work. We're going to work. Let's, let's cook, coach. Let's cook. I'm about, I'm, about, I'm about that life, coach. I'm about that life, coach. <laughs> <laughs> there, you have, there you have it. <laughs> Another showtime with Coop in the can podcast. Insightful BS with our boy, Ryan Hollins. Thank you, sir. Hey, keep it up, guys. Cool. You don't know how many gosh darn stories I've had to hear about you from, from playing for B. Scott, being for Pasadena. Sweet guy, Coop. I, Coop, I was nervous. I don't know if you know, when I first when we first sat down and talked, we were on an airplane for a couple of hours, I was nervous to talk to you, Coop. I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, man, this is Michael Coop right here. So, you know, the impact that you also have also had on the defensive end, you don't know how many damn coaches that I've had. Michael Hooper just played defense hit open shots. He did. Why can't you do that? He played 12 years for the Lakers. You think you think his championship is any different than Magic or Crick? Like, golly, so cool. You have put an imprint on the game. You've irritated me from the stance of when I'm doing a running. Michael Cooper used to come in first all the time. I'm like, yo, <laughs> for real. Um, I appreciate your impact, coach, and that you 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 reach out to get back, man. It means a lot to these young guys. I know all of us knuckleheads might not seem like we listening, uh, but you have a couple that are. <laughs> Thank you, sir. If I come to you in your dreams, that means this is sinking in now. So when you dream about me, it's a whole it's a whole nother ball game. Thank you, Ryan. Take care, my brother. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Right. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, you, you you go easy on that blue magic or what they call this stuff. Go, you go easy on that killer. Go, 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 go fired up for that stuff. With that, the that sweet God. <laughs> Later, guys. All Later. right, guys. <laughs> Peace.